who are here to, to worship with us today. Um, it's an exciting day. It's an opportunity for us to start a new series called The Life and Times of Jesus. And we're going to be looking at the eighth day to about 40, 40 days in, in Jesus' life. Look on the front cover. You'll see an interesting painting by Ron DeCiani, who uh, uh, painted the, the moment that Simeon takes Jesus into his arms at the temple of Jerusalem and realizing that he is seeing the Messiah, the consolation of Israel. And we'll be getting into that, but that's what that, that front cover is about. You have, uh, you'll see in the bulletin there are several opportunities for Bible studies. There will be more coming. One uh, thing about this life and times of, of Jesus is there's, there's so much that uh, we really can't cover it all on Sunday morning, so I'm thinking about doing a study uh, as well. Um, I'm doing one at uh, Park Vista, and it'll be going along with this, this same theme. Uh, other things that uh, you can see, the, the Open Hearts Cafe, the, the meal that we have on, on Wednesday uh, nights, will uh, we're taking January off, and it'll be, be, be back in session in February. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of things are, are happening. It's kind of exciting to begin a new year, have an opportunity for a new commitment to Christ and, and uh, are following Him. Uh, one thing that you may not know, we downstairs we have... Uh, covered cups of coffee and you know a lot of people have different uh, uh, things that they can they can uh, take with them and, and I just want you to know it's okay to bring those into the sanctuary uh, our our policy the the uh, uh, board trustees has that, that, that it's okay to have drinks in the uh, sanctuary as long as they're covered so please feel free to oh, there you go you got one that, that that's a uh, uh, that's all right. We want you to, to feel uh, feel welcomed and, and at home here, and uh, so uh, that's that's relatively new. We we decided that a few months ago. Um, <clears throat> the United Methodist Church was in the news Friday, probably heard Friday or Saturday, and just want to clarify a few things. There was a group that got together and made a decision to present an idea. To general conference in May. No decisions have been made. We don't know what's going to happen. And I don't have a vote, and neither do you. So what do we do? We do what God calls us to do. We pray, we read, we read the Bible, and we seek to lead people to Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. So we're not going to spend a lot of time in church, in, in, in our worship services, talking about this. I do want you to know, if you have any concerns, if you want to talk about it, my door is open to you. We will talk about it uh, individually. <clears throat> but uh, you won't be hearing a lot until we know a direction, until we know what is going to happen. We don't know. We simply don't know. After May, we will know what uh, the direction of the United Methodist Church is and uh, then we'll we'll have some decisions to make, but uh, we we don't we don't know anything. Is that fair? We'll just keep on doing what Jesus Christ calls us to do, make disciples. Uh, just a reminder that in 2020, our goal for 2020 is two words. Do you remember what it is? Reach one. Reach one. Have you decided who you're going to reach? <clears throat> pray about that. Pray what. Uh, pray. 
who God is going to place on your heart to reach this year for Jesus Christ. And we'll be, <clears throat> in February, we'll be talking more about that goal and, and what, it, what it means. Uh, but today we're going we're gonna to start this uh, series. In February we're going to take a break from it, but it's actually going to be a pretty long series. It's called The Life and Times of Jesus, and we're first going to, this month we're going to look at the early years. <clears throat> the years we don't know much about. You know, there wasn't much written about Jesus as a kid uh, <clears throat> and before his ministry. And then, the, and then after February, <clears throat> we'll be looking at uh, Jesus, uh, 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 the ministry years. And then as we get closer to Easter and, and, and Good Friday, well, we'll be looking at the, uh, Jesus, the final days. So that's coming up. Uh, I don't hear very many woohoos. You should be, you know, jumping up and down, going, "Oh, that's going to be so exciting, Pastor! I just can't wait." Well, okay. I hope it will be something that will help you draw closer to Jesus Christ. What does all that mean for us? What what is the application? What is the implication about uh, Jesus coming into this world? That's what we're going to be talking about—the life and times of Jesus. Are you ready to worship? All right, let's pray and then we'll get right into it. Lord God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the beginning of a new year. I thank you for a new covenant that you uh, uh, present to all of us, that we can be uh, disciples of yours. So be with us as we seek to honor you. May we also experience you in this worship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Please stand as we worship our God. Our God is stronger, our God is faithful. Start this new year. Let's bring praise and worship into this house. Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power Our God, our God Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. 
And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God. God. Heavenly Father, we come into this house. We thank you for the season of giving. We thank you that you gave, that you loved the world so much that you gave us your son. And now our souls just want to lift up the praise to you. In this day of celebration, we stand before you and we lift up our souls. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before.
end draws near and my time has come still my soul will sing your praise unending ten thousand years and then forever time where we are going to receive Holy Communion, I want you to know that if you are not a member of this church, you are still welcome. It's Jesus Christ who invites you to his table. All who desire to be in relationship with him, this, uh, this is for you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we remember the night in which you gave yourself up for us. You gathered with your disciples for one last meal. And at that meal, you took the bread, you blessed it, and you broke it. You gave it to them, saying, Take heat, this is my body, which is given for you. When the supper was over, you took the cup, and after giving thanks, you gave it to them, saying, This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. So now, as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we remember once again your great love through Jesus Christ. Be with us in the breaking of the bread and the, in the, in the drinking of the cup that we will draw closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. For those who are going to help serve communion, will you please come forward? stations. The one in the middle has gluten-free bread. Once again, it's Jesus Christ that invites you to his table. Won't you please come? He became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself Jesus loves you. and carried the okay. cross. Body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love so amazing. amazing. 
love so amazing Jesus Messiah name above all names blessed
Not only did we experience the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, we experienced God's grace in our midst. That was awesome. Now we have an opportunity to give back to God some of what He has given to us, our tithes and offerings, and it's a part of our worship. So let's pray for this, this offering. Lord God, we thank You for all You've given us, especially the gift of Your Son into this world. We now give back to you our tithes and offerings and ask that you use them to further your kingdom work in this world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, I believe you are my fortress, you are my portion, you are my hiding place, I believe you are the way. Ready? 
every blessing, through every promise, through every breath I take. I believe you are provider, you are protector, you are the one I love. Oh, I believe you are the way. set on you and you meet me here today with mercies that are new all my fears and doubts they can all come to because they can't stay long when I'm here with you it's a new horizon and I'm set on you and you meet me here today mercies that are new all my fears and doubts they can all come to because they can't stay long when I believe you are the way the truth the life I believe set on you and you meet me here today with mercies that are new all my fears and doubts they can all come to because they can't stay long when I'm here you are the way the truth God, we thank you for being the way and the truth and the life. We thank you, Lord, that you've come into this world so that we might have life abundantly and eternal life. <clears throat> Lord, as we start out this year, help us to begin it with a new covenant of 
reaffirming our faith or, or possibly even giving our lives to you. We can start this year outright. Then, Lord, we, uh, we, we come from different uh, paths to get to this place, this worship service, and we know it's special. We know that you are here and you're present. And you've placed on our hearts concerns and prayers for other people. And we lift those names to you right now. Lord, hear both the spoken and unspoken prayers of our hearts. And hear us now as we pray together the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. <clears throat> i got to ask, how many of you uh, have your Christmas decorations already down? Does anybody? Whoa! Almost everybody. What is the matter with you folks? <laughs> 9.15, almost nobody had theirs down. Um, we, somebody took down the Christmas tree, left a big bare spot right there. But they left up the other Christmas decorations. Maybe that's okay because we, uh, we're celebrating Epiphany. This is, uh, uh, this is a day that we, we, we look at, at uh, coming of the wise men and also the baptism of Jesus and other things. But it's a, an Epiphany is an is a, is a enlightenment or a, a, a realization of something. And uh, maybe, you know, maybe the... The, the realization is we have to move on from the, from the manger. I hate to do that. I'd, if it were left up to me, I'd, I'd leave the Christmas decorations up all year long. Anybody else with me there? Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> you know, it's just, a, it's, just a, it's just a wonderful time, you know, the, the birth of, of Jesus and celebrating that, but... Interesting thing about Jesus, like any other child, they just insist on growing up. So we have to move on. And what we're looking at here is um, the, next, the next part of the story. We're going to be looking at like the eighth day to this blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's, let's pray. Speak to us, Lord, through your holy word. Let it sink right into our hearts. And may this witness to your word be a faithful witness. May I get out of the way so that you might shine through. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. One of the things we're going to do in this series is we're going to talk about the life of Jesus, but also the times of Jesus, because I think it's important for us to understand the timing of God in terms of Jesus coming into the world. What was the world stage? What was happening at that point? What was, uh, who was in power? Who was the Caesar Augustus? How was he related to Julius Caesar? 
probably heard of him. Where did it take place? Well, we're going to be discussing that. We're going to get into a little bit more about the timing of all of this next week. But right now, let me just say that what we're going to be talking about happened in Bethlehem, pretty much in Jerusalem. Bethlehem was about 300 people at the time, small, about five and a half miles from Jerusalem, which was huge. It was like 40,000 people. Jerusalem was the center of religion. That's where the temple of uh, the Jews was at. Uh, There were things that happened in the temple. People from all over the Holy Land would come to the temple at various times. And we got a a story about that today. But first, the narrative begins with eight days after the birth of Jesus. We know that that is uh, the, the time that a child is named and circumcised. The, son, the, the, the boy would be circumcised. Uh, this would be after, obviously, his birth and the shepherds coming. And I believe it would have been after when the wise men showed up, the magi. Some believe it uh, could be as much as two years after the, the child was born. That just doesn't make sense for uh, several reasons. I'll tell you why uh, uh, next week. But let's just assume right now, uh, go with my assumption, that the shepherds had come, the wise men had come, and they were still in Bethlehem. Now, Mary and Joseph had made the decision to stay in Bethlehem because of an opportunity to be at the temple in a month or 40 days after uh, Jesus is born for the purification rites and uh, uh, also his uh, redemption. And what, uh, what what happened on that eighth day didn't happen in Jerusalem. It happened there in Bethlehem. And there was probably... Uh, relatives there in Bethlehem because this is where Joseph was from and and Mary, uh, you know, her her ancestry goes back through uh, Bethlehem as well. So they probably had at least some distant relatives there. They had friends there and they would have all gathered with uh, representatives from the synagogue, uh, the local church basically, the Jewish synagogue, and they would have this circumcision and also the naming of the child. Now, The circumcision is important because it's a sign of a covenant relationship between God and his people. And so Jesus is a part of that Jewish covenant that is uh, symbolized by by the the circumcision. We we first see that in Genesis 17 with uh, Abraham and and then with his descendants, the people of Israel. And Luke 2.21 we also realize that there is a fulfillment of prophecy or a statement that was made by Gabriel, the angel, first to, to Mary, who said, you're going to have a baby, and you're to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from his sins. said the same thing, pretty much the same thing to Joseph. The child that Mary has, you are to name him Jesus, Yeshua, the name that means God saves, God's salvation. So what happens is 
they, they gather, they have the circumcision, which constitutes the covenant between God and His people, and then they name this child, they name this child after what the angel of the Lord said to name him, Yeshua, Jesus, because He's going to be the one that saves the people. Now, how did Jesus do that? How did He save the people? How, did he, how does He save us? Was it by being born in a stable? No. He came into the world. He lived a sin-free life and therefore became the one who could be sacrificed for the sins of the world, for your sins and mine. Therefore, Jesus came in the world to die on the cross to save us from our sins. Right from the very beginning, Yeshua, His name, God saves, is, is a recognition of what Jesus came into this world to do, to grow up, to die on the cross for your sins and mine. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Philippians 2, 9, and 10 puts it this way. It says, Who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest places, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you see how that is? Okay, now what does that mean for us? What does this uh, circumcision and naming mean for us today? Well, the two events, the circumcision and the naming, it has a lot to, to, for us today. First of all, you and I are given an opportunity to accept a covenant relationship with God through circumcision. Colossians 2.11 puts it this way. It's a spiritual circumcision. So we are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. The very name of Christian is a sign of a Christ follower. And it's a sign of a Christ follower's beginning of the new covenant with God, of being circumcised, of putting away the things of the flesh and moving toward the things of God. That's what it means when you say, I'm a Christian. You ever said that? Have you ever looked somebody straight in the eye? Those of you who, who have accepted Christ into your life. Have you ever looked at somebody straight in the eye and said, I am a Christian? Ever done that? 
I'm going to give you an opportunity there right now. If you want to look at somebody and say, I am a Christian. How'd that feel? Isn't that awesome? Jose just got smacked. I don't know what that's about. That means you're part of a new covenant. A circumcised relationship with God Almighty through Jesus Christ. Folks, that's, there's power in that. That's awesome. Oh. I better watch out. I'm going to start preaching here in a minute. Man, this is good stuff. I have you dancing in the aisles here in a minute. This is, this is great stuff. I want you to, want you to also uh, notice that uh, they would have stayed in Bethlehem during that month leading up to their visit into the temple. They would have had too big of a distance. You know, it's like 90 miles back up to their home in, in Nazareth. So why in the world would they take that trip again just to turn around and, and come back down to the Jerusalem area? So they would have stayed in Bethlehem. And, and chances are they stayed with some relatives and what did they do? Well, Mary took care of the baby, right? Joseph, he was probably in and out. But do you remember what Joseph did for a living? Anybody? He's a carpenter. If you look at that word, it means that he uh, could have been uh, a stonemason or uh, worked in wood. Chances are he did both. I remember when Joy and I had an opportunity to go to the Holy Land, uh, I became friends with our, uh, our, our guide. It was kind of unusual. He, he wasn't a Jewish guide. He was a Palestinian Christian guide. And um, to be honest, I went off the reservation with him. It wasn't planned, but I, I talked him into letting me go back to Bethlehem where he lived. Uh, we were staying in Jerusalem and uh, and I thought, oh, Joy's going to freak out about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, and uh, uh, this is a side note, but, you know, I was gone several hours, and I thought, man, she's going to be freaking out about this. And when I got back, it was like, oh, you're here. <laughs> I just prayed that the Lord would take care of you. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I went with, I went with uh, Wiesam to Bethlehem. And the first thing we did, we went to his church, his Christian church. And in that small church was this communion table, sort of like ours, but it was made out of stone. And in it was intricately carved biblical characters, faces. I'll never forget seeing that, him showing it to me. And then he said, I want you to know my grandfather made that. He said, you can take pictures of it if you want. I said, we somehow forgot my camera. That's, that's why you're not seeing pictures of it right now. And then he took me to his home. And, uh, you know, I got a real good flavor of Bethlehem. But I remember that, 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 um, that communion table and thinking, here I am in Bethlehem, and looking at the, the works of a, of a carpenter, a stonemason, 
just like maybe Joseph was the stonemason in Bethlehem during the time that he was there. So, I, you know, that, that's my guess. That's an educated guess that he was probably doing the work of a carpenter in Bethlehem, making money for Mary and, and uh, Jesus as they uh, were existing that first month of, uh, of Jesus' life. And then, <clears throat> and then 40 days passed, and they go to Jerusalem to the temple. Now they go for two reasons. One is to complete Mary's ritual of purification after childbirth. All women were supposed to do this. And after a, a son was born, about 33 days after, uh, they could come to the, te- uh, to the temple and basically go through a purification uh, ritual. And it uh, uh, also is at, at day 40, you bring in the, the firstborn son uh, to the temple for a, a redemption ceremony. And you can read about this in, in Leviticus 12, about the purification. And also Exodus 13, you, you learn about the redemption. But I just want to read part of this uh, uh, to you from Exodus 13, 13 through 15. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. In days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. This is why I sacrifice to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn sons. It's a redemption process. You're you're, uh, in essence redeeming back from God the firstborn son. This is why they were there was for those two things. And obviously uh, a woman could, could wait until later, so the 40 days. So, so they, they come at, at that 40-day mark to do this. Now, interesting thing that you may have picked up or you may not have picked up. If you read in Exodus uh, 13, you'll, you'll recognize that the purification process, you're supposed to sacrifice a lamb and a pigeon or a dove. That's what, that's what the normal sacrifice is. But then in in Exodus, it gives you this, uh, this out if you're poor. So you could replace the lamb with two pigeons or two doves. That is the people, a poor people's offering. It's, for, it's important for us to understand that Mary and Joseph were poor people, that Jesus was born into a poor family. That's the start of his life. It's important for us to recognize that. Now, what's the implication for us in that, in that uh, uh, what has happened? Well, there's three things. One, well, let me, let me, just, let me just say Simeon uh, comes in right after that point. And he, uh, you know, as we read, he's full of the Holy Spirit. Well, number one, we all are able to have the Holy Spirit. 
what Simeon had is, is available to us as well. And we can start living our life being guided by the Holy Spirit. That's how we can interact with God in this world. Secondly, um, Simeon is uh, somebody who recognizes who Jesus is. He, uh, he comes and he takes hold of the child. Can you imagine this? Little, maybe 15-year-old Mary holding the baby. She's in, she's in a, you know, a wild world that she's not, not uh, used to. She's in the uh, uh, courts of the temple uh, where the women can go and she's there, Joseph is there, she's holding the baby, and this old guy, this old guy comes up and looks at her baby and then takes the baby out of her hands. It probably freaked her out. Joseph, is he going to hurt the baby? And that's, you know, that's that moment that you see on the front bulletin cover of Simeon and his recognition by the Holy Spirit that he is holding the Lord's Messiah, the one who came not only to redeem Israel, but look again at what he says. This is, once again, this is, you know, this is so awesome. He says, he prays. He's holding, he's holding Jesus, his baby Jesus. He, he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. He says, now I can die. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Well, that got mom and dad's attention, didn't it? But then he does this incredible thing. He gives the child back to the mom. And he looks at her. And he, uh, he has a special me message for, for Mary. And you may want to go back and read what Mary said when she when she, after she had uh, met with Elizabeth and knew about uh, John, the, John, baby John, became John the Baptist's birth uh, in, in uh, Luke, Luke uh, 1, how you know, she had this uh, similar statement. But this is what, what he said to, to Mary. He said, this child, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Whoa! Do you say that kind of thing when you have an opportunity to hold a new infant? Mom lets you hold a new infant? New baby? Precious baby? You coo over it and you have, you know, like you just, you just make over the baby. Then you hand it back to the mom. What do you say? What do you say to the mom? 
a beautiful baby, just an adorable baby. So sweet. Baby may be really ugly, but you don't say that. <laughs> you don't say, that's an ugly baby. You, you, you say, oh, how precious, how sweet. That, that isn't what Simeon said. <clears throat> you see what Simeon said? It makes, it makes incredible difference here. He says, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then look him straight in the eye of Mary. This child will pierce your own soul. Can you think of a time in Mary's life where that happened? Where she felt the pain so severe that it would be like a sword piercing her soul? Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there to watch her son die on a cross. How did Simeon know? So what does it mean for us? First, the Holy Spirit that was available to Simeon is available to us. Secondly, this is an opportunity for a new chapter in your life. This firstborn with the name of Jesus, God saves, opens up a new opportunity to be in relationship between the God who delivers all people. Not, this isn't just a Jerusalem thing. This just isn't such a, uh, as a Jewish thing. This is for all people. Simeon makes that clear, both Jews and Gentiles. And then finally, and we'll get into this more tomorrow, uh, next week, but you need to know if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be part of this covenant, if you're gonna follow Jesus, if you're gonna call yourself Christian, you need to know this part. The gospel of Jesus Christ has enemies. Jesus has enemies. Christ followers have enemies. And we'll get into that next week, but at least here, look at what it says with, with um, the statement that, that uh, uh, Simeon makes is when he says that the child will be one that is resisted. He will be rejected. He will be fought against. Well, that's really a good thing to look forward to for a week, isn't it? 
But once again, understand that the Holy Spirit can work in your life. You have an opportunity to be a part of a new covenant in Jesus Christ. And third, remember that the gospel of Jesus Christ has enemies. Well, stay tuned for next week. So how do we end today? We end with an opportunity to do that which John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, called the people called Methodists to do every beginning of every year. And that is to pray a commitment, a covenant prayer. And you'll have an opportunity to do this. And I invite you to do this with your whole heart and with your whole mind. So let's pray together the, the covenant prayer. I am no longer my own but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Break me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Let's stand for our closing song. That covenant we just read, it's from a God to a God that says he will build his kingdom in us. Build your kingdom here, Lord. That's our prayer this morning. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray, unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope, like wildfire in our soul. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. Because we are your church, and we need your power. Seek your kingdom first We hunger and we thirst We refuse to waste our lives For you're our joy and prize To see the captive hearts release The hurt, the sick, the poor at peace We lay down our lives for heaven's cause We are your church
your kingdom's power reaching near and far no force of hell can stop your beauty changing hearts you made us for much more than this awake the kingdom seed in us fill us with the strength and love of christ we are your church the hope on earth build your kingdom here let the darkness fear show your mighty hand heal our streets and land set your church on fire when this nation back change the kingdom here build your kingdom here let the darkness fear show your mighty hand heal our streets and land set your church on fire when this nation back change the atmosphere build your kingdom here we pray your church we pray revive this earth amen amen revive us lord you guys did a great job on that thank you go and share your faith you ready to do that yeah. new yeah. covenant new understanding of why jesus came go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let Him save them as He is saving you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the people of God shouted. Amen. Amen. Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire when this nation Your church, we pray revive this earth. 